Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gina. And I'm Nicole. And today we are dishing about probiotics and prebiotics. But first, of course, as always, let's do some catching up. Nicole, what's new? Well, I'll just skip all the pandemic fun. Um, But okay, so a couple new favorite apps um, to keep in touch. Um, So I, you know, I have a group of friends from hockey and we're missing each other. So we've started doing uh, Google Hangouts. Um, Mm -hmm. We've done two so far, which is a lot of fun. So I wait till the kids get in bed and I schedule them. And then, um, yeah, we just sit there and roar. It's we have a lot of fun. Um, But Mm -hmm. in addition to that, have you heard of the app um, House Party? No. Okay. So it's basically like FaceTime, but you don't, I don't think you need a smartphone to do it. So you download the house party app and then you add friends or whatever, just using your contacts. And then you can see like basically who has the app open and then you can just like start a conversation. So last night I was sitting on the couch watching Tiger King on Netflix, which if you are looking for something to binge on, it's a seven part series and I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to watch it. Um, okay. Just just do it, Gina. You're you're going to be like, this is so wrong. It's right. Um, well, the t- season three of, of Ozark just came out. So that's got to happen first. And I, I've been hooked on the dumbest show. Love is blind. I watch it, too. <laughs> it's so stupid, but I can't stop. Anyway, I think I'm in episode five of that. Yeah, I'm making my way through that one, too. So there are some good recommendations on Netflix anyway. I think I'm going to start Ozark once this is, and we just started oh. season 10 of shameless too. So, um, okay. some good TV going on, but yeah, house party. So we're sitting there watching tiger King last night and, um, I get this house party request from my friend, Paul, who I just gotten off the phone with and it was him and a couple of his friends. And I don't even like know these people and I'm on FaceTime with them. It was so random, but it's just like, you, you just like keep adding people. So it's almost like your circles of friends and whatnot can, um, kind of intersect. So I was, we were FaceTiming oh. with the grandparents today and then my sister-in-law hopped on and so then it, it, it like alerts you and then you just click join the party and so you can just like loop people and I think you can do like eight people so oh, anyway okay. download house party it's a lot of fun and um, that replaces my previous favorite app which was Marco Polo which we've used this oh. with some uh, podcasters to like <laughs> just share information um the mom or specifically and they turn us on to it and um I really like Marco Polo but that's like a video walkie-talkie is how I describe it and I guess what I like about that is it's more personal than a text message and you can do it when it's convenient for you so you yeah. can just kind of like walkie-talkie back and forth without yeah. I mean, it's not you don't interrupt people. I mean, I have worn like zero makeup unless I'm working, which has been like sporadic throughout all this. I'm just sitting at home and looking like a hot mess. Like I don't even get out of my boxers and like tank top for the day. Like it's just <laughs> I'm just a mess. So um, the video sometimes see, is like, uh, I don't know if people want to see me right now. I've been doing a lot of Zoom, Zooming like meetings. So, mm-hmm. and, and plus I feel better, you know, waking up, putting on some makeup, maybe getting in the shower, putting on a fresh pair of clothes. I just feel better. Otherwise, I just feel depressed and bleh, lethargic. This makes so, me think of my yeah. last our last episode about like maternity leave. And I really do feel like I'm on maternity leave, even though yeah. I'm working an insane amount of like hours. Yeah. But the girls go back to school Monday. So it's we'll see how that all works out. But yeah, our daycare is opening for healthcare workers um, on Monday. So, so which nice. is going to be Monday the 30th. Yes. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. See, Monday and, the 30th. That's part of our issue right now. Like our I. All that I know at this point is that our preschool slash kindergarten is closed for another week. And then after that, I don't know what's going on. My guess is they're going to be closed for the rest of the year, Mm -hmm. um, the rest of the school year. Okay. Then they also go there for summer school. So my guess is summer school doesn't start till the end of May. I'm guessing it's going to be closed until then. If not even through then, that's my worst nightmare. So I'm really trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the kids. I I cannot get anything done. And, you know, it'd be one thing if I had a husband who, you know, we could like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, go back and forth and tag team it. We can't. Like Nick is constantly working, even though he has 
half the work to do. He's still yet figuring out a way to constantly work. I'm not sure what he's doing, uh, but he is. Um, so tag teaming, it hasn't been working as well as I was hoping. Mm-hmm. It's just, I can't get anything done. I, I just yeah. can't. So I was able to secure our old in-home sitter, Jenny. She has six kids or less and she had called the state and they said that she was allowed to stay open. So I'm going to get her for three days, but then I feel bad for Paige. Paige will be the only one who's five, going to be six in August. All of the others are babies or, you know, toddlers, Cameron's age. So she's hopefully Jenny will stimulate her in ways that, you know, she needs. She might be um, so bored of you guys by that point, though. She'll be like, I, just get me out of this house. I think so. And I told her already, I said, you're going to be the helper. You're going to be Jenny's helper. So I think that made her. She goes, will you tell her that? I said, yes, I will tell Aww. her that. I, yeah, because she I think she wants to do that because she said the last time I went there, I didn't have any fun. I felt like I was a baby. And I was like, I can't even remember the last time she went there. I think she was a baby. No, she's, she's so mature. She's she uses the word embarrassed and she oh. is like already associating like her you know, maturity. Yeah. Over I would others. say she is very mature. She's um not emotionally mature at all, but she is mature in other ways for sure. I would agree with that. Um, so that's an update for, I don't know what we're going to do next week. We've kind of got it figured out, but we both have full schedules and I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. We'll see. Uh, so also I was really excited. So I talked about it on our last episode, and I'm just like really diving into my updates. I don't even know if you were finished with yours. Oh, I was were totally you? finished. Yes. Okay. I'm <laughs> um, just taking over here. So I got my Kindle in the mail. It's a little bit, it's a really small version. Mine was $79. I think originally 90 maybe, but I think it's smaller than yours. It's pretty small. Um, so I feel like, I feel like I'm flipping the pages really often. I don't know, which is kind of weird to me. And I, so there's a couple of things I like about it so far. I love that you can just pick it up and it's, it's very lightweight and easy. It's portable. I love that you can read in the dark. So when we were at Great Wolf Lodge, I was so jealous because I couldn't read my book without blinding everyone as they're trying to sleep with my flashlight. Your Kindle was, you know, a very light, yeah, light, dim light. Um, so you could still read with it and not blind everyone or, or interrupt their sleep. Right. Uh, so that's nice. But I don't like that they don't have pages they don't show the pages. Oh, you can tap the bottom right-hand corner okay. and then it'll show pages. Ah, because mine says percent. Bottom left. Bottom left. Bottom left. Okay, good. Oh, that's, that's good to know. I'll, I'll check that out. Uh, what else? I don't I like think how- my Kindle is old. So don't, but I think it shows okay. percentage in the bottom right and then pages or location of the book. You can keep tapping the bottom left on mine anyway, and it'll change okay. to either nothing, page number, location- or maybe something else. I don't know. Oh, good. Okay, I'll, I'll give that a whirl. It, say, it says percentage at this point. Not that I really care. I also am one of those people who sometimes I'll find myself flipping back. at a, Like, I'll read a passage in a book and I'm like, wait, I don't remember what happened here. Like, what's going on? So I'll have to go back, maybe to figure out who a character is. And I'm a little bit concerned. I'm not going to know, like, how far to go back or even how mm-hmm. that works. Because I find myself doing that probably once or twice each book. Like having to remember like who a character was or yeah. uh, a story or a setting of something. I don't know. So I feel like that's going to happen and I'm going to be stuck. But we'll see. Have Re- you figured out the list. dictionary? No. Uh-uh. So I told you last episode that I was reading Gentleman, a Gentleman from Moscow. Um, and mm-hmm. that was it just had a lot of big words, especially since it's historical fiction, I want to say. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But there was a lot of words that I wasn't familiar with. Um and if you hold like a half hold down on a word, it'll sh- show you a definition. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm so glad you told me that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. So then if you're reading like a paper book, you're like, hmm, I don't know what that word is. I'm just going to use it in context it. and go on. I mean, or you grab your smartphone and you look it up. I know. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> or that. Too difficult. But this is easier. I, I like that. That's awesome. OK, cool. So that's really all the updates I have. We're um, uh, page. Oh, it'll also usually tell has, you who, oh. who characters are. Sorry. Like if you're like, oh, I don't remember oh. who George is. It'll say like, George is Fiona's husband, whatever. Oh. Like just to put it in context. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I'm sure Kindle I'll all this as I yes. go. Okay. Amazing. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, Paige has, I don't know if, you're, if your classes are doing this too, but you know, we have our kids and a couple uh, extracurricular activities. Paige does ballet. And so they just sent over like a week's worth of ballet classes. We got 10 minutes in and she was done. So I don't know how your kids are about this, but like they, they are much more likely to listen in a classroom full of other kids and another teacher than to me. Um, so that has been very difficult. 
So of course I sat there and did the class. It's kind of nice, a little bar class. <laughs> I already paid for it. Might as well enjoy it. <laughs> oh, it's frustrating. All right. That's all I've got. That's all you oh, got. Do you want to, do you, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm looking ahead. I thought, I thought we were on another episode. Uh, so are you finished with your updates as I continue? I am totally finished with my updates. Yes. So we're going to start reminding our listeners to write reviews for us at the beginning of the podcast rather than the end. Because if you're anything like me, you pretty much end the podcast uh, right when they're done speaking about whatever topic it was. I know I do that. So before we begin, just a quick favor to ask if you like this podcast, please write us a review. Reviews on iTunes are really literally everything to us and they really help us reach more people. So we would appreciate it so much. Those Thank are my you. favorite texts from you when you're sending a screenshot of a new review. <laughs> Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> I know I always get nervous when you, when you send me a screenshot like, oh, no, is it going to be good or a bad thing? <laughs> oh, we've had very few bad. But very no, few. not necessarily regarding reviews. Oh, OK. <laughs> um, just in general. Just in general. Oh, okay. You never know. <laughs> never know. Yeah. But yes, please, please drop us your review. Uh, that would be awesome. All right. So pre and probiotics. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so just a little bit of kind of a, a background here and the why behind, you know, just addressing this topic. But um, Gina, did you know there are between 10 and 100 trillion microbes on the human body with most living in the gut? And just to put that in perspective, very timely with a pandemic going on, that number exceeds the number of all humans who have ever lived. It's just crazy. crazy. Um, yeah. So many microbes. Yet we know very little about the gut and the role in the microbiome. Biome. So d- nutrition is new. And I would say this gut microbiome business is way newer. And we're just mm. finding out um, more scientific knowledge of what is going on in there. But most adults have 400 to 500 species of bacteria in their gut at any given time. And so a few things that we do know at this point about the microbiome is one very important for our listeners to know um, because of the demographic that tends to listen to the show is that the gut microbiome develops primarily in the first three years of life. And so what shapes that? Um, Number one is gestational age. So a huge um, reason here why, you know, we talked about pregnancy on our last episode. I can remember thinking, just get this baby out of me. Uh, But that's why we want babies to cook longer is um, for reasons such as this. So the gut microbiome is is going to be better developed if a an, you know, a baby is close to full gestational age or 40 weeks. Um, the type of birth, so a vaginal versus a cesarean section, breast versus formula feeding, maternal nutrition status, so why mom's nutrition counts, and the age at which solid foods are introduced, not too late, not too early. Um, we know that the gut microbiome is affected by antibiotic use hugely. That's probably its um, biggest notoriety there, but also stress and illness. Uh, we know the biome plays a role. I'm sh- I should say the gut microbiome. So <laughs> we don't sound like we're talking about um, astrology here. Um, uh, plays a role in digestion, nutrient absorption, and immune response, of course. And it's also linked with multiple conditions uh, and disease states. Everything from diabetes, cardiovascular disease, obesity, to mental health, depression, also dementia, and Alzheimer's. So it's being mm-hmm. studied broadly um, and that's no understatement. But at this time, there's really no evidence-based recommendations for the strain or dosage of probiotic use to treat malnutrition or obesity, um, or really for the improvement of of nutritional status in general. So instead, it's recommended that prebiotics be used for those struggling with digestive concerns or some type of bacterial imbalance. And those could be things like inulin or do you want to take these on? (laughs) <laughs> galacto oligosaccharides or fructo oligosaccharides which is actually inulin um and lactulose yeah lactulose is okay it's a it's a sugar i can't specifically remember what kind of maybe it's two lactose put together i don't know but it's a sugar mm-hmm. it's a prebiotic yeah all those saccharide ones um mm-hmm. there's just so many vowels in those words they're crazy but it's anyway so so long. I look um, like another language. They are basically. I remember those from nutrition days, but mm-hmm. yeah, crazy. So among adults, pro and prebiotics are actually the third most commonly used dietary supplement other than vitamins and minerals. And that surprised me. I would have thought that protein would have trumped yeah. pro and prebiotics. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess you're right. I hadn't thought about that. I'm not, I'm actually not real surprised. People are obsessed with taking prebiotics and probiotics oftentimes the wrong way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me a whole lot, but you're right. Protein. I'm, I'm sure it's up there. Yeah. It's got to be like number four. It's got to be. Yeah. But I would have <laughs> I would have almost put it ahead of minerals, potentially. Anyway, um, yeah. doesn't matter. It, it's way up there. And all this information is coming from a great, um, you sent it to me, Gina, the, from today's dietitian, a, a mm-hmm. recent article. Um, and it was very comprehensive, but the use of probiotics by adults has quadrupled between 2007 and 2012. Um, also showing that 300,000 children ages four to 17, which is a half a percent have used mm-hmm. pro or prebiotics in the 30 days, uh, previously. So, um, just yeah. a little bit on, on what these things are. So prebiotics, are a component of food that the body cannot digest. So they're fiber. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yep. Um, that's way over, oh, way oversimplifying, but they serve as food for bacteria and other beneficial organisms in the gut, and they selectively stimulate the growth or activity of desirable microorganisms. So we often think of bacteria or microorganisms of dirty, bad, like don't want them, um, but that's very much so not the case when it comes to the gut, whereas probiotics are actual living organisms. Mm-hmm. The actual bacteria. The yep. actual bacteria. Yep. So a little bit, um, anything to add there, Gina, before we. Uh, are we going into discussion points? Yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of say real quick, you had said uh, your microbiome is shaped by whether you're having a vaginal birth or cesarean section. Mm-hmm. One of, and specifically one of the benefits of having a vaginal delivery is kind of the transfer of the mother's microbiome biome to the infant. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it happens in during that vaginal birth. Um, and that's again, oversimplified. I know. Also, I wanted to throw, same with breastfeeding. One of the reasons why it is so good to breastfeed, not saying it's um, imperative that you do, but one of the benefits of breastfeeding is that same thing. You're kind of transferring your own good, healthy gut microbiome um, or microorganisms to your infant when you're breastfeeding. Also, uh, I wanted to say, I think it's funny. I, I, I'm just looking at the at the stat there that in 2012, 300,000 children in one survey mm-hmm. ages four to 17 had used probiotics or prebiotics in 30 days before this survey. My guess is a lot of that was because of being on antibiotics. I mean, that's kind yeah. of the age group that's, although it's mainly, I would say probably like six months to four years, the, the age group that, you know, is prone to ear infections and stuff like that, but it doesn't go away as children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the reasons why that really, really prompted me to get Cameron's um, uh, tubes in his ears because he had Same. so many ear infections. He was on antibiotics for probably six times his first year of his life. Mm-hmm. And he was he was one month early. So he had that going for him, not going for him, going against him. Uh, so, yeah, I was I was really, really pushing those tubes in his ears and he hasn't had one since. So no mm-hmm. more antibiotics since then. It's been nice. Um, I'm thinking I don't have the article in front of me, but. Some part of infants was like n- newborns was yeah. once thought to be sterile. I thought it was the GI tract. Is that con- is that true? Oh, or, I do remember reading this, and I almost brought the article down with me, but I didn't. It might have been I the GI say, tract. I want to say it's the GI tract, but anyway, the article says that that's not actually true, and this is exactly why. I mean, they're they're saying that yeah. you know, that all, be possible. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, the new research is basically saying that everything that we were taught in school, um, if I'm remembering correctly, which I'm between school and the recency of this article being read, I'm pretty certain certain it was the gut, um, but. Yeah, it's just interesting that all of those things are forming the infant gut microbiome, um, even previous to them entering this world. So very interesting. Well, so Gina, can you share some foods that may contain or that do contain naturally occurring prebiotics? Yes. So the prebiotic meaning kind of the food for the for the probiotic. So they work logistically, really, to kind of help you develop a healthy gut So some of the foods would be onion, garlic, jicama, artichoke, asparagus, unripe bananas versus ripe bananas, some legumes, also chicory root or inulin. So you you would probably see it on a label listed as chicory root or inulin or fructo oligosaccharide. Sometimes I see that on on, uh, ingredient lists. So these foods all contain prebiotics and they also, of course, are high in FODMAPs because the O in FODMAPs actually it stands for oligosaccharides. And one of the oligosaccharides is fructooligosaccharides. Sorry, I'm that's ridiculous. I'll stop saying that over and over again. <laughs> but in other words, a lot of times people with IBS 
don't get enough prebiotics in their diet because they cause them so much pain. Mm -hmm. I was one of them. And I'm going to talk about this in a little bit later, but I'll also say it here. There's a great low FODMAP prebiotic source. It's a supplement. It's called Regular Girl. They, it contains prebiotics. That is a low certified low FODMAP source of prebiotics and also sun fiber. They also make a prebiotic supplement that is um, low FODMAP, certified low FODMAP. So if you're you know, sensitive to those prebiotic foods, which a lot of us are, there are some other options for you out there. I know you said Nick takes Metamucil every morning. What is the fiber mm-hmm. source in Metamucil? Oh, I want to say I guess I it, could Google it. It's, I want to say it's like cellulose or something. Oh, that's okay, probably. Yeah, but I but there's also like a soluble fiber in there. I don't I don't even know. I'm not sure. No biggie. What about probiotics? Where are mm-hmm. these naturally occurring in the diet? So we, we want to kind of start with food first, and before we jump into yeah. supplements. So something that I'm. I have a new obsession, which is actually going to be my obsession at the end of this episode is kombucha. Mm -hmm. We actually serve it at our, um, where I work in a, it's like, uh, it's like how, what, what is it called? How do they serve Guinness? Like a draft or nitro? Yes. Nitro. (gasps) Thank you. You guys have nitro kombucha. How bougie are you? Seriously. I, and we're, (sighs) yes. And I, amazing. it really, really is. It comes in like peach flavor, mango flavor. And I am not a big fan of getting sugar from sugary drinks. I just prefer not to. Plus, again, going back to the FODMAPs, a lot of times there's FODMAPs in high sugary drinks. But the kombucha, it tends to be fairly low in sugar, but yet tastes super sweet, in my opinion. Not everyone would agree with that. Even Cameron likes it. I just had I just got one of the, the variety packs at Walmart. I can't remember what the brand is, but it's one of the well-known brands. And I was drinking this ginger like grape aid, which sounds super sweet. Only 12 grams in the 16 ounce bottle of sugar oh, wow. or yeah. in carbs and super delicious. But anyway, a good source of, of probiotics. Let's see. Obviously you've got yogurt. That's going to be a good source of probiotics. You want to look for those live and active cultures because if they're not live and active, um, they just, they just have cultures in there. You might not, not actually be absorbing anything if they're not alive. So if they're not alive when you eat them. They're not going to be alive when you digest them. Uh, Let's see, sauerkraut, specifically and especially unpasteurized sauerkraut. One of my favorite brands is Cleveland Kraut. If you live in Ohio, it's amazing. Kimchi, kefir, or should I say kefir? (laughs) Um, Kefir. (laughs) All of the teen mom fans that uh, have been listening to the show for a while. It's been a long time since I did a Barbara. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, and, and tempeh, tempeh, which is cultured soybean product. So those are my favorite, I would say food products of probiotics. I'm sure there are others out there, but those are probably the most well-known. You want to make sure that you're getting one. I know this can be difficult, but usually food is better. You have a very high acidic stomach. Everyone does. And a lot of times probiotics won't survive the acidity of the stomach. Research does show it's better um, to get it from your probiotics from food because it tends to survive that high acid stomach better than, let's say, a supplement, uh, especially yogurt. The The probiotics and yogurts tend to survive that um, that stomach acidity really well. Mm-hmm. One note on yogurt, just because yogurt is there's just so many of them that are chock full of sugar oh, is yeah. the higher um, probiotics are there's just more live and active cultures found in plain Greek yogurt um, than others. And um, so go with the plain Greek yogurt or just simply, especially if you're using like one of the things that is most commonly used, I mean, yogurt specifically um, is for yeast, you know, prevention, if you will. And if your, your diet is too high in sugar, yeast in your body is going to love the sugar. So yeah, it, you're, if true. you have too much sugar coming in, it's almost counter acts the effectiveness of the probiotics. So looking for making sure that as you're upping your probiotics, you're not upping your sugar, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. And specifically for like yeast Yeast, infections, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I mean, it's good to reduce your sugar always um, if Mm -hmm. you can. But um, but yeah, I would say exactly, especially if you're using it for something like a yeast infection or giving it to your kids for whatever yeast they have on their body. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Because 
yeast can show up in, I mean, thrush in the mouth yes. is common yep. in children, pregnancy, um, Nicole. Um, I'm just kidding, but I do tend to get thrush. Um, <laughs> I don't think my kids ever had it or I, I I've never experienced that. Oh, so let's not even talk about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. All right. So it, Gina, in what instances would a probiotic be advisable and specific mm-hmm. to you and other IBS sufferers is supplementation beneficial? Yeah. So I'll start with the first one. Again, like you said, research is, believe it or not, still in its infancy, even though there's been a lot of research that's happened over the past 20 years, it's still, oh my God, it's like, it's like researching our DNA profile. It's like you, you, you can do 20 years of research, but you still really haven't gotten anywhere. So the really the only time um, I recommend strongly the use of probiotics is when taking an antibiotic. And you'll definitely want to talk to your doctor about that, especially with your kids or for yourself. My suggestion is to leave a one to two hour space in between doses because if you're taking your probiotic with your antibiotic, it's kind of counteracting each other. Um, I do also remember learning in grad school that Culturel, which has lactobacillus GG, (laughs) GG, for traveler's diarrhea. So for example, I know that you and Mark aren't going to Mexico anymore, but if you were to go to Mexico, (laughs) um, I know the last time I went to Mexico, I got traveler's diarrhea because of the water there or whatever it was I ate. Uh, Packing something like Culturel would probably be a good idea to kind of combat that diarrhea. Uh, As far as probiotics for IBS, really the standard recommendation is to focus on increasing your prebiotic consumption versus your probiotic. And again, that goes back to that sun fiber or the regular girl uh, prebiotics that are uh, certified, or I'm sorry, certified low FODMAP. Can you hear my kids screaming in the background? Just slightly. I'm wondering about why is it called regular girl? That makes it sound like only women suffer from IBS. Okay. So the vast majority of IBS sufferers are women. I do think it's kind of strange. Like they're kind of um, what, like 50% of their possible... uh, my kids are freaking out. It sounds out. like there's a pterodactyl in the background. <laughs> oh, that could be what they're doing. They could be acting out pterodactyls. Let's just pretend they do have a dinosaur book up there. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the pandemic for you. I guess they are ready to do anything else but be with us. Wait, I'm mind blown. Um, Why do more, yeah. more women have IBS than men? Um. Well, I think IBS goes back to stress and not not knowing how to handle stress. A lot of it. That's not all of it, but I think women tend to be more stressed than men. I am totally making an assumption here. Um, But I also think it has to do with our microbiome. It's different. And perhaps it lends more to gassy um, side effects. Gassy, stressed out people. Cool. Yeah, that's but I really don't know. I'm sure there I'm sure there are articles out there that explain kind of why the um, or it could also just be that women feel more comfortable talking to their doctors about that. And maybe men are just hiding it. Like maybe more men actually do have IBS. They just don't feel comfortable talking about it because women feel fine talking about it, right? Men are like, well, no, I'm fine. Because it's diagnosed based on symptoms, right? There's not like a test, Mm -hmm. correct? correct. Yeah, so it could just be underreported. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that's actually probably makes more sense. Um, I like your your explanation better, but okay. No, I learned (laughs) learned something. That's so interesting. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I know. It's good. Uh, So in general, I would say I did used to have a pretty close relationship with a gastroenterologist back when I kind of worked in a clinic and I helped people who had IBS. And that gastroenterologist was always recommending a a probiotic called VSL number three. Uh, It is basically just a blend of multiple different probiotics. So if you do have IBS and you see a gastroenterologist, you might have heard of that. So that's another one that a lot of uh, doctors recommend. Also... Um, Bifidobacterium infantis, which can be found in products like Align. And that's also what's in the regular girl probiotic. But again, the common recommendation anymore is not necessarily to take a probiotic, especially for just IBS, but to increase your prebiotic intake. So whether it's through food or for supplements. And then a little bit about my personal method. Uh, my personal method is really just to get my pro and prebiotics through food. Like we've kind of been talking about already on this, on this episode. I especially like to get yogurt um, every single day for my lactobacillus acidophilus. And of course there's others that are added to random yogurts as well. That's just the most common one that's in yogurts, but a lot of companies add others. And also as of lately, as I've kind of mentioned on this podcast, I've been blessed to be able to add more prebiotics to my diet. 
Uh, you know, I even just a couple of years ago was not able to eat any garlic or any onion, which is so, so difficult. And I will say I've been able to add those back into my diet, at least uh, a little bits at a time, which is great. Um, I'm also, what other prebiotics? I had jicama the other day. It used to make me so bloated, but not anymore. Also artichokes. So I'm able to get more of those now, which is great. Or else I probably would have invested in something like sun, um, sun fiber or regular girl. Um, but I really do think a lot of my IBS, I think I was, I've always had IBS even from a, from a young, as a young child, but I think I exacerbated my IBS symptoms when I, you know, stopped eating and was anorexic. I, I know I did. Um, and so I think my, my gut is finally healing over the past five years. It's been healing slowly. So I've been able to consume more FODMAPs. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I'm a pretty poor generalist in this way. Um, You know, a lot of my knowledge around probiotics comes from working with um, just personal history of yeast infections, which I've heard and I believe is very hereditary. Like my mother suffered from like some women just never Mm. get them and some women get them often. Um, But I've become more regimented about including things like plain Greek yogurt in my diet, which has been immensely helpful. Um, but also um, I saw that with Shay as, a, you know, you mentioned Cameron's tubes. Um, she was probably on, you know, eight or nine rounds of antibiotics um, by 11 months of age, at which point, kind of like you, I, I basically demanded that she get tubes um, and hasn't mm-hmm. had an ear infection since. But I really believe that I mean, and she would get um, she would she had multiple yeast infections at that point where it would like mm-hmm. even come on to like her bum and, you know, just oh. it, poor little girl. I mean, it was it was just kind of everywhere. But that the antibiotic and I'm the same way as soon as I have a round of antibiotics boom you know there it is um for Uh me that's that's just tough um but I also see it in my in the in practice with diabetics is one of the more um well, a new to, newer to market uh, class of diabetic drug is called an SGLT2, which basically is a drug that allows excess glucose to go through the kidneys and mm-hmm. you you urinate it out basically up to about oh, yeah. 340 calories a day. So if you think about all this extra sugar um, going through the kidneys, being processed through and then urinated out, I mean, you have this now like perfect environment for yeast to grow and then you're adding Mm -hmm. sugar to it and I know that's kind of yucky to think about but they're a class of drugs that is now expanding into cardiology uh, because the the benefits for cardiovascular um, prevention even um, is the results are crazy so we're going to see this class of drugs grow and so in my patient population I do talk about probiotics now once patients are started on this and so often Mm -hmm. it's you know they're getting the prescription for the SGLT2 uh, for the diabetes but then they're also getting a prescription for like Diflucan or some type of uh, medication to treat yeast uh, so that they can be successful on this but yeah ideally you don't want to be on anti um, you know fungals for forever. Um, so anyway, what tips would you give to someone looking to identify a good quote, quote unquote, air quotes, good commercially sold probiotic? Okay. So before we go on to that, I, I was looking this up and says, so I wanted to confirm that women have more IBS and it is true. And it says a new study suggests that it's because the intestines nerve cells are more sluggish in women. What? So there's another theory for you. Our you nerve cells are more guts? sluggish. Apparently so. Man, our, our guts might be lazier, but we're certainly not. Okay, so some of my tips. First of all, I want to say uh, Dr. Maureen Garrity will hopefully be on this podcast in, in about a month. And she was my professor who talked all about my, she, was, she uh, was the professor for my favorite class in graduate school that you made fun of me for, the supplement class. <laughs> so dork. she'll, I know, I'm such a dork. But she will hopefully talk more about this. But I always say look for third party, party verification, such as USP, that's the most common. Don't ask me what that stands for. US Pharmacopoeia. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, because not all probiotics survive the GI tract, like I yeah. said. So you want to look for that third-party verification for quality or potency, purity, and, and consistency of product, and also good manufacturing processes. Doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. So just because you see a third-party verification does not mean the supplement is safe to take. Remember, the FDA does not regulate these or that it's safe to take for you and and uh, specifically. So you'll always want to talk to your doctor before starting anything, including a probiotic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that's really all I've got about that. Yeah, you already mentioned it, but looking for the live and active um, bacterial cultures, and it should indicate Mm -hmm. that on the packaging. And just 
doing some research. So what is your probiotic targeting? Um, So there's going to be strands of of biotic that are more effective than others in treating certain conditions. So like, for example, you wouldn't use for yeast prevention what you would use for, you know, bowel regularity or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So just doing some research there. We won't get into all the details because it would turn into like 84 syllable words all over the place. I mean, there's (laughs) just so many out there. But also just knowing that probiotics are typically typically measured in what's called CFUs or colony forming units. And so just to kind of throw out a blanket um, kind of general recommendation, a daily dose is somewhere between 10 and 15 billion CFUs. So that's not to say that's right for you, but that's just giving kind of a, a target there. So if you're seeing something that's way below or way above that, it you may just want to kind of question it as to why. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where I get confused too. It's like, well, that might be the daily dose, but wouldn't even taking half of that still be beneficial? I would. Yeah. I mean, I would certainly wouldn't you think, think? so. Mm-hmm. It, 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 maybe not so beneficial for general health, but maybe if you have a specific target, mm-hmm. yes, that you, you need to make sure that you're getting the right, the right product with the right amount of, of probiotic in it. But if you're just looking to kind of just balance your gut a little bit more, I mean, getting any probiotic is going to be better than none. So yeah. Yeah. What about personal experience with probiotics or prebiotics? Yeah. So, you know, like, like I kind of already said, I, I really aim to get most of my, or if not all of my prebiotics and probiotics through food. I did actually start taking a probiotic several years ago when I worked at a grocery store and I actually worked in the supplement aisle. So I, you know, was always recommending probiotics and prebiotics and whatever else we were selling. So I started taking one and that was also really right when my IBS was probably at its worst. So I started taking a probiotic. I will say I had major side effects, just like my my bloating, inc- which makes sense. I mean, I'm adding, I'm adding more bacteria into my gut. My bacteria that is in my gut is then basically consuming the sugars that I'm consuming through my food, whether it's FODMAPs or not. And then I'm getting more bloated because I have more bacteria. So it makes sense. And that's actually very common to have side effects, at least for the first few weeks. They, they do tend to go away. They should go away. Your body should get used to it. But I stopped. I didn't like it. I really, at that point, realized I didn't need them. There was no point. I could just be fine getting, you know, my probiotics by food. So I just added more probiotics to my diet. Like I said, I've been doing a yogurt every day, uh, even kombucha every once in a while, which I'm now obsessed with. Um, and now that my gut is finally healed after years of neglect, adding prebiotics has been really helpful for me too. I feel mm-hmm. like my gut is just in a really good place right now. Uh, but other than that, you know, I was always giving Cameron, I, I would say I gave him probiotics for his first year of life because he was off and on antibiotics. And, you know, also thinking about what you said earlier about the gestational age since he was a month early. Um, I didn't really realize that at the time um, that that could also affect his microbiome, but that's good to know. So yeah, I was giving him probiotics off and on for the first year of his life. And I really think that was helpful. And uh, yeah, I don't think it was, it definitely is expensive. It's not cheap. Um, about a month for a month of probiotics, is about $30, which really isn't that bad. But you know, considering all the other things you have to pay for when you have an infant, it's another thing you have to add to your budget, uh, but it was totally worth it. We got the um, kids culturel, I think is what we used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my pediatrician recommended that as well when we were going round after round of antibiotic with um, ear infections with Shay. Uh, but for myself, I've never really been consistent with a probiotic. And I've, you know, like you yourself, don't say. Um, yeah, I, I know. I'm I, pills, right? Um, any type of yeah. supplement. I'm just not good at it. Uh, but yeah, plain Greek yogurt. For me, kombucha, kombucha I always say it wrong, but it's so know, expensive. Too. That's my only problem with it. So I bought at Walmart. I actually did the math up here. I bought at Walmart, a let's see, a six pack case or a six, a six pack for $14, which comes out to $2.30 each. Now I drink half of one a day. So that's $1.15 a day. That's really not that bad. I say this now, my husband's about to lose his job. But I'm just kidding. <laughs> so if I gave off, <laughs> gave up like some of my coffee, then I, sh- I sh- could like offset it with kombucha. Yeah, I mean, it's really the same price, if not cheaper than um, yogurt, a yogurt. Yogurt is expensive. Right? So, Good yogurt. Yeah, true. 
Yeah, I don't have a ton of experience with this. I just know for me personally (laughs) that I try and avoid antibiotics (laughs) whenever possible. Because it's it's interesting to see, and I didn't include anything here just because I think the research is too young, uh, but the correlation is strong. Heavy probiotic use, I'm sorry, heavy antibiotic use with obesity rates. And yeah. it like it has to do with the gut microbiome. It has it to. It has to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of research. And that was in the article. I didn't really read that section of the article from today's dietitian, which we'll make sure to put in the show notes if you're interested in reading yeah, it. It'll be there. Um, but uh yeah, I mean, it make it makes sense. Like, why else? What would the other mechanism be for antibiotic use increasing obesity? It just doesn't make sense. And it's not. I would assume that the the research they're they've kind of controlled for what you're eating, right? So it's it's mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter what you eat or how much you eat. It's really still the link is there um, with probi- with uh, antibiotic use and, and obesity, regardless of what you're eating and how much. Yeah, it's. And just knowing like the, you know, the, that fat cells develop, you know, basically through childhood, but by adulthood, we're, we've created all of our fat cells. Our fat cells at that point are just getting bigger or smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as, yeah. as we, and, and it's like, if you have, and that's why, well, I'd like to do an episode on childhood obesity at some point, but that's why, you know, having a healthy weight as a child is important um, without over restricting, you know, without restricting food, you know, with intuitive eating and all of those things. But mm-hmm. I just, I can't help but wonder if there's been research done on children who have had heavy antibiotic use in, you know, their early childhood with what their weight status later in life, it just, um, just very, very interesting. Um, all right, moving on while probiotics seem harmless to supplement, what are some considerations or cautions when someone is thinking about supplementation? Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned it. I know we mentioned above when you were doing the introduction that probiotics and just a healthy gut microbiome plays a huge role in the immune system. I want to say it's like 80% of your immune system. There is, it's it's, it's, it's an outstanding number, right? Yep. Which, you know, I keep telling Nick, we need to make sure that we're getting probiotics and prebiotics in our kids, especially at this time with COVID-19 to make sure that we're We've got a good, healthy immune system. It's just, it's all in your gut. It's so important. Uh, So that being said, and I don't know exactly what the mechanism is here or why this is. Maybe you have a better understanding of this, but I know that you have to use caution if you are immune compromised in any way with probiotics. So you can't just pick up a probiotic and start taking it. You need to ask your doctor specifically if you're immune compromised. And I don't remember why specifically, but I just know that is true. Any ideas? Yeah, it's interesting. I had the same question. The article definitely didn't spell that out. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you've heard it for so long that you just yeah. like take it just say, as, yeah. you know, read <laughs> and you never question it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe we would can it, follow up on that next episode and, and let our listeners know. I don't maybe know. Maybe it also has to do with certain medications that those who are immune compromised are taking. So oh, I could yeah. see, I mean, probiotics would affect your immune system because it's affecting your microbiome, which is, you know, 80%, let's just say of your immune system. So I mean, it does make sense, but I don't know the exact mechanism. Anyway, moving on. Uh, I would say that the biggest issue is when people take them while taking an antibiotic and they don't leave time in between doses. You have to leave that one to two hours in between or else it's really null and void and you're wasting your money. Uh, Also, it could, again, speaking of wasting of wasting money, it could potentially be a waste of money because the research is really in its infancy. We don't know uh, which groups, strains, or species are helpful for certain conditions and what the amount should even be, um, or even if they pass the stomach. So that's why it really comes to making sure that you have a specific reason, reason for taking a probiotic, talking to your doctor about which product might be best, um, because there are specific products out there, like we said, for specific conditions, and just make sure that you're uh, taking the right one and you have a discussion with your doctor beforehand. So you're not wasting money and time. This That's article awesome. just says um, that patients who are immunocompromised, well, this is specific to chemotherapy, may it be at risk of complications due to probiotic use. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it's and, and like I, oncology yeah. specific or I don't know. No, because I remember learning actually Dr. Maureen Garrity when, when I had her class, I actually was looking back at my notes and it even said that in the notes, make sure that to use caution if you're immune compromised and it wasn't specific to oncology. There's maybe we can ask her when she's on the podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah. Deal. Um, you know, I think for me, as far as supplements and, and the why I, I would, I would throw some caution is when do you stop? 
you know, that question always raises for me, like if probiotics are good and, and they're worth supplementing, cool. But like, is there an end point or is there a point at which you would say, I don't need this anymore? And I, I think that just puts all the more emphasis and and highlights the beauty of prebiotics and why those should be emphasized in the diet. So really, mm-hmm. I would say with a healthy, balanced diet that's plentiful in prebiotics, I don't think so much pro- probiotic supplementation is needed. Um, however, you know, caveat there, we are still very early on in learning all about the gut microbiome and we'll see kind of what comes out. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I yeah, think- I kind of... I, I, I think for our listeners, at least, and as parents focusing on raising healthy kids, it's helpful to know the importance of prebiotics early on in childhood. So even if it's familiarizing yourself with those pre, you know prebiotic foods that we listed off at the beginning of the podcast and seeing if there's ways to get creative about including the, more of those in your diet and your children's diet, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. I wouldn't jump would to a supplementation, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Get them used to the flavors anyway at a younger age so that they can continuously add them and, and include them in their diet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I got to say my best friend has a six month old, maybe almost seven month old. Um, and she just started baby led weaning and mm-hmm. I get her texts. They're so endearing. Like she just is, she wants to do this. Like she bought a class online. Like she is all in and she wants to I'm like just feed him whatever you you and she's like is this okay is this okay I'm like would you eat it she's like well yeah I'm like then it's fine you know it's like you're way over complicating this it's so cute and she texted me the other day and she's like he loves everything I'm like yeah because food is amazing and like the she eats of you know they eat everything like they have a great diverse diet I'm like continued like it's just so much fun watching somebody who knows nothing about nutrition um and it being her first kid, like it is just brings me joy to see her go through this process. I just I love Aww. it to pieces. It's the cutest. So <laughs> I love that. That's the best time learning, you know, trying to introduce uh, foods to kids. It's so great. It's awesome. Stressful, but great. Yeah. So. All right. What about uh, Mom Wins? Favorite new products or recipe? Yeah, you know what? I will say I'm kicking butt at the stay-at-home mom thing. You know, I keep putting myself down for it and like stressing out over it, but I'm going to give myself some accolades. I have been keeping my kids busy, albeit there's definitely been some TV involved, and that's okay. Uh, but I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job considering I'm working and watching these children. <laughs> um, these children. Uh, I, I've got to say, I am, I'm, I'm pretty proud of myself. I have not lost my mind yet, which is good. I have not had to, um, you know, drown myself in alcohol sorrows. I've been pretty good about my alcohol consumption. I will say I'm drinking more than normal. I think I've, I've mentioned on this podcast that I try to only drink on the weekends. I don't drink during the week specifically because of my history, my family history of cancer. I just always worry about that, but I've definitely been having a drink every night, but not a full one. Like I'll even have, you know, half a beer. I know that sounds crazy half of a beer or half a glass of wine. And it's just, it's just what I need at the end of the day. So I have been using alcohol a little bit to calm my nerves, Uh, but overall I am pretty proud of myself. So that's a mom win. Also favorite new product. uh, Like I said already, kombucha. I'm so into the kombucha. I cannot stop. And my favorite flavors involve ginger or turmeric. So yeah, really, really into the kombucha. Walmart, six pack, $14. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back here too. Cause I always say I'm a great mom for an hour and then it's all like crash and burn. Like I, I need to like parent <laughs> in small doses before I have to like tap out. Um, I'm mostly kidding, but I do tend to have a shorter fuse than I would like to admit. Uh, uh-huh. but kind of like you, like I am, I'm doing all right with all this. Um, and that could be because we've had childcare help during the week, but n- without a doubt, I've spent way more time with my kids than normal. And <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of, uh, I bought some like clear bins. I was, I talked about on the last episode, like making sensory bins. Um, I lost my mind because they got p- hot pink kinetic sand all over a carpet that I love. So that's mm. probably going to have to be replaced. But I was like, okay, I bought a bazillion Play-Dohs like, and I'm just like, play with it in the tub. Like that doesn't really work, but then they play with it on the hard one and it's easy to clean up. So like, I'm just trying to, and what was it this morning? Oh, I, I got a huge thing of water. Um, cause it's the weekend. I got a huge tub of water and like let them play in it. And I got these like little droppers and I was having them do races. And then I was having them use tongs to like pick up, um, these little like discs things. They're all on my Instagram story. So check oh, that okay. out. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like 
I made a huge banner that said happy Easter with a bunch of eggs. I don't know if you saw that on my Instagram. And then I had them uh-huh. do like watercolors. I was like, heck yeah, like we got this. And Mark actually, I might've already said this. I don't remember because I don't remember anything, but he's like, you seem like fine being home. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like I'm not in the emergency department screening COVID patients. Like anytime mm-hmm. I'm not at work right now is a blessing, right? I mean, we're healthy and I'm not in the emergency department. Like that's- yeah. That is all the grounding I need. Um, if it's June and I'm still saying that, I, it, you know, I'll really be patting myself on the back. But anyway, yeah, Hi, virtual high five, Gina. We got yes, this. amen. <sighs> I will oh. say I'm in desperate need of a haircut. A desperate. Well, your hair, like an inch. your hair is tricky. So you just oh. listen to those Facebook memes and you don't get creative one night and go at it yourself because that could. I, I I might I my hair like I have to get I'm religious about getting my hair cut every six weeks and it's probably been eight and it is not good. <laughs> so let's so just say funny. I'm wearing a lot of ponytails, which is fine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Okay, my mom went, which is a you'll be proud a product. Um, okay. they're called mm. Simply Nature Grain Free Cookie Bites. Um, mm. and this particular flavor is called salt is a salted caramel. I found them at Aldi, and the ingredients okay. include cashews, coconut sugar, cassava flour, dates, date syrup, coconut oil, chicory root. Interestingly, a chicory root fiber, milled flaxseed, sea salt, and baking soda. So a nice. nice short ingredient list. Um, they're pretty high in fat. Obviously, I mean cashews is the first ingredient, so they're filling. I mean they're little tiny cookie bites um piper does not like them and shay loves them i really like oh. them too so i don't okay. know got and they've got your prebiotic i know how timely <laughs> so we both had mom wins that include um probiotics or prebiotics yeah so you have to you have to pair your kombucha with your simply nature grain-free cookie bites <laughs> your it. synergistic snack we're such nerds Okay. All right. I'll go ahead and read a review. We got a review from 816 Turbo. Great, real, and informative. The granola episode was fantastic, especially their children's reviews were super helpful. Just love this podcast. Thank you, 816 Turbo. I will say Paige is still very much on that Kashi chocolate crunch. I mean, she asked for it every single time we go to the grocery store. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Good things came out of that for sure. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to mention Patreon real quick yeah. because um, I was talking to somebody recently about podcasts and they said, you know, that they just become a little disheartened with podcasts that add ads. And I said, yes, but, you know, podcasting is actually really expensive. Yes. Um, and so I, I my heart goes out to those who include ads. And she said, well, I like better when they do Patreon. And, and she's like, you should do Patreon. I'm like, you know what? We do do Patreon. Yes. So if you would like to uh, make a small monthly donation to our wonderful work here at Dietitian's Dish, just visit Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N back, dot com backslash Dietitian's Dish podcast. And you can uh, see us there and support the show in a small but impactful way. So thank you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. All right. So coming up on April 12th, we'll be dishing about young intuitive eaters. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds and you don't even have to fill out anything. Just the stars. You don't have to write anything. Just fill out the stars. All right. Until next time, everyone, be well, stay sane, and stay safe. You got to add that in there these days, right? Scary, but true. (laughs) All right. Talk to you soon, Nicole. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.